Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum and a member of the Drum Click Podcast Network. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Darshan Doshi. Darshan is a prolific Indian drummer and composer based in Mumbai. He's recorded a million Bollywood movie soundtracks and is one of the busiest drummers in India for the studio, TV, live stage, basically anywhere you need a drummer, Darshan's your guy. I've known him for a few years now, and his passion for both bringing Indian rhythms to the international stage and bringing more Western-style drumming slash drummers to India is very inspiring. He really is an ambassador for the drumming community, and I had a blast learning about the influences that made Darshan Darshan. Also, I must say, if I sound a little low energy during the conversation, it's because I'm on tour with my band Cannons right now, and I was sharing a hotel room with our sound engineer, so he was literally sleeping 15 feet from where I was recording this, and I was trying to be quiet. Darshan is on the other side of the world, so it was really the only time we could make it work. I'm also recording this intro backstage in a bathroom at the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis, because it's the only place that's kind of quiet. So a big shout out to Justin Yates, our sound engineer, for being the coolest roommate ever. All right, cheers. All right, so I did want to talk about the first time I became aware of you, or one of the first times, was when I, there was a video of you, and you went to 21 Drums Camp, yes. and um, you kind of, was it, I think you made the video, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, I've always wanted to go, but, because at that point, and we can get to how long you've been playing drums in a second, but at that point, you were already at the elite level. So for you to still go to that camp, which is not inexpensive, I'll say, um, what drives you to, you know, some people would go to a camp and probably have gone to camps that you're the teacher of. So what drives you to continue to seek out teachers at your level now? So Ben, uh, for me, it's every day is important to to learn something new. You know, uh, I've been, you know, obviously playing drums since a very, very young age. Uh, I got to know... Uh, Actually, the the Western side of drumming kind of a little late in the uh, in the later in the age because uh, uh, my father is an Indian drummer and percussionist, so I was born and brought up in a in an Indian family with uh, uh, you know more of Indian music and stuff like that, and you know I had no clue about uh, the greats like the Buddy Rich and the Tony Williams, and you know so uh, much later in the uh, I I think I was around 15 or 16 when I kind of got to know all this stuff and. Uh, since then on, I, my, my language kind of completely changed towards drums. Yes, I had uh, the Indian information, but uh, you know, I never wanted to sound like an Indian drummer. I always wanted to play the drums the way it has to be you know, uh, played. So uh, for me, uh, it's always been a, a great uh, thing about learning from every, you know, every drummer I meet. And uh, I also visited the, the Drum Fantasy Camp in 2015, where I got to hang with Steve Smith and Dave Weckl and Benny Greb, Mike Mangini, Jojo Meyer. And uh, that was a, an amazing experience. And I was, since then, I was like, you know, whenever I get these opportunities, uh, uh, I, I am kind of a little busier in India. You know, I do about 130, 140 concerts a year and obviously recordings and shoots and stuff like that. But I, I, I thought that, you know, at least I should give about one week to 10 days to myself where I'm just going... Uh, to a place where I'm just going to forget everything and just be focused on drums and trying to learn from the masters. 
and that's what again happened at the 21 drums camp you know one of some some of my friends had visit, visited here from india and they were like you know it's an amazing place you get to hang with you know the the people like ashson and mark juliana again he's one of my you know heroes and i really wanted to just meet with you know just meet him and uh, you know it for me it was not about the information as such but it was more about just hanging with these cats and getting to know how they went about you know the recording and a certain album with prince or you know ashson you know you know showing the half time shuffle and and stuff like that so for me those those are a very important moments and i really want to uh, meet as many drummers and as many you know of my mentors and heroes that i've been watching them only on dvds till now and now i'm there chilling with them having lunch with them having coffee with them so that's something special and and there was so much information and so much wisdom that you get uh, from these camps you know uh, imagining you know something like chilling with robert spot and you know the he's showing us you know the the artists that he listens to and and things like that so it really inspires me as a musician and it kind of pushes me to kind of you know really go uh, you know that extra step in my in my uh, music here in india and that also inspired me to kind of also uh, you know uh, put this whole drum camp space here in for indian audience as well because you know we don't have that much uh, kind of information and obviously now every thanks to youtube we all have so much information but there's one thing where you are able to physically meet uh, you know our 25 drummers in one in one in one group for about 3 days and hang together and just talk drums so that is something that i really wanted to get to india and you know since the last couple of years we've been doing that here in in mumbai as well so uh, for me everything that i kind of uh, work around and when i go to these places i learn a lot of these things and you know try to get to the to the indian community drummers out here and I did you mentioned how much work you've done with Bollywood movies and I have a lot of friends that do soundtrack work but I have no idea about that world what what differs between working on a movie score versus just I guess you would say the more traditional songs so uh there's a big difference like obviously the freedom is kind of limited there because there you are kind of working out with a uh, there's a specific story that you are kind of working around uh, you know uh, the composer has a fixed sound that he's looking for you like like today morning i did a session for a movie which is going to be releasing on 3rd of december uh, again one of the biggest composers here in india whose name is preetam and uh, so they wanted very like an orchestral uh, a more cinematic space of you know low drums and uh, some high per percussion and you know a certain kind of rhythm which, which kind of fits to that specific uh, 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 kind of song so uh, there is a little limitation with bollywood stuff in the sense you need to kind of follow the story you kind of need to follow the 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 kind of uh, the idea that the composer has while composing that album uh, while when we do stuff like what you heard right now with Mohini Day and Rhythm Show and uh, are completely free, where I kind of get to uh, explore the drumming part of you know uh, my my angle, where I can you know do 15s and you know try to put corner calls in it and you know try to fuse it with some you know uh, jazz chords and stuff like that. But with film music, uh, you have to be uh, super tight and super in the pocket. Like it's almost like pop music. Like you know, you you can show off things here and there, but you got to be super tight with the song and make sure that the you don't uh, you know uh, you don't come between the singer because the singer is the hero there. Like you know, so that's what it is. Yeah, I have a friend who does trailer music in LA, and a lot of the times, it's like every seven weeks they do the drum day in the studio, and it's just all these huge drums, like you know uh, Christopher Nolan style style trailers, or all these huge drums, yes. and they're 
there's like seven guys in, in, in there or seven guys and girls in the room and they're all playing like the most basic if you look at their sheet music it's just eighth notes but when they all play them in congress it's just this amazing world and it's it's just huge drums it's like look kid in a candy store you know um and you're in this huge studio and he he let me sit in on a few sessions and it's it's so fun um but yeah it yeah. is kind of you know per sheet music kind of pop music but it sounds cool in the context yeah so that uh, what you are saying is more about the background score uh, mm -hmm. which is more of a cinematic space but uh, the the bollywood films also have like proper songs which okay. are like proper pop songs so that's a little kind of a little uh, different than the the whole cinematic approach and doing a background score so this has more of like you know how do i say like more indian percussion you know people are dancing to it and grooving to it and there is a uh, if you know dhols and uh, tabla and dholaks and stuff so there you got to just uh, you know gel with them with that specific swing that i was talking about and that's why it's important for us to understand that swing because mm -hmm. um, you know every music has a specific swing swing like if you go to africa you, they have a a, a specific uh, swing where you when you go to latin america that that, that music has a in same way indian music also has a specific swing and for a drummer to understand that is extremely important out here can you quantify it in i mean is does it sit somewhere between what in the Western society, we go like there's there's straight and swung. Is it in between there, or is it a whole different thing that don't even try and compare it to that? No, I think it's pretty much it's like you know if you say like a six eight or a two four kind of a groove, uh, but it's it's slightly swung, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, they yeah, because there are a lot of small nuances that you work around in the tabla if you if you your in, uh, instrument the, the tabla. Uh, so you just got to get that swing right with them, you know, and once you get that sorted, then it's kind of, it, it sounds great outside as a, as a unit, as a rhythmic unit. So it's pretty much same, but it's just, you, you need to know how, how they kind of swing it. That's it. Yeah. You, you have to live it. You have to breathe it. Um, yes. and you, again, you were talking about, uh, how long you've been playing and stuff. Um, can you describe a little bit of the the Limca Book of Records? And are you, <laughs> to a second follow-up question to that, are you sick of talking about, yes, I was the youngest drummer, I get it, we can move on? <laughs> yes, I'm kind of done with it. I was, yeah, okay, I was like, kind of uh, didn't want to bring it up, but I'm, like, I'm curious how that, <laughs> that, that record works. So basically, I, uh, my first uh, proper gig was at the age of two, uh, you know, and uh, from there on, I was part of this band called The Little Wonders, which was a specifically a, a band by kids uh, between the age of 6 to 15, uh, where we did a three-hour concert, uh, and we performed pretty much all around the world uh, as a kid band. And I ended up doing about 500 concerts with them uh, by the age of 15. Uh, so all this information and all the stuff that I was doing as a kid, my father one day, uh, uh, one of his friends said that, why don't you push this to the to the Indian, uh, you know, to the uh, like how you guys have the Guinness Book of Records? We yeah, have yeah. the Limca Books of Records, which is mainly for the for Indians out here. Uh, so he, one of his friends said that, you know, he's done so much stuff and he's been, you know, working for over close to 10 years already. Uh, why don't you put all his stuff and, and give it to Limca Books and see if, the, you know, they are okay to announce it as the youngest drum because he started at the age of two. So uh, my father has all these photographs and videos, you know, from the age of two till the age of 15, you know, 
So in '97, he kind of submitted this, and you know, they within a month they announced that you know he's the youngest drummer of India. So that's what that <laughs> that's about it. But uh, yeah, but it was pretty cool, you know, uh, especially in the school, you know, uh, everybody oh, yeah. was like, oh wow, this guy's in the Limca books and stuff like that. But yeah, for, but for me, I kind of moved on pretty quickly. For me, it was you know, uh, you know, trying to focus more on drums and you know, really uh, taking that forward. But yeah, that's such a dad thing to do. You know, my dad would have done the same thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, but that is awesome. I mean, that's incredible playing it too. I think I started when I was 10. So I'm not going to gloss over how that is cool in hindsight. Hey, y'all. I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum. And it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his, his, you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour. And I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye but um, yeah, let's just go into your top five. Yes. So number one is your favorite drummer and how their overall body of work has affected you. Yes. Uh, so the first time I, I heard uh, Dave was, I think about, I think about 16 or 17. And uh, one of my mentors here in, uh, in Mumbai, uh, this amazing drummer, Ranjit Barot, who plays for John McLaughlin's Fourth Dimension now. Okay. Uh, so he was my my first mentor, wherein he really changed the way I looked at drums. As I said, till then I was more into the Indian style of drumming. But when I joined him, uh, the the first day uh, he gave me a pack of uh, CDs, uh, you know, back then, and he's like, you know, I want you to just hear these albums for the next three months, and then we will start classes. Like, you know. Then we'll talk about how about sticking or whatever rudiments and stuff that's after that. But I want you to just take these CDs and you know just go through all these albums and and I just want to see what you you know understand from it. So that had obviously Dave Weckl, uh, Dave Weckl band, the Synergy, and you know the Hardwired and uh, Billy Cobham, Mahavishnu Orchestra, and you know Tony Williams and Buddy Rich and all kinds of stuff was there. So somehow 
just straight away Dave really connected like that that whole sound was just completely blew me off like you know the drums were just perfectly tuned and like you know all the hits you know the fills and just the flow that that he plays it it just feels like it's it's so smooth you know you just don't feel that break ever it's like you know everything is just perfectly played even if a splash is played it's just placed at the right time uh, you know the, the the symbols that he will use you know uh, and the kinds of symbols that he'll use uh, in that and then just the ghost notes and and the touch really like you know really kind of connected with me and then from there on i pretty much heard each and every day vocal album and uh, as i said when i met him uh, here in mumbai as well when he was here with his band uh, you know i got to meet with him i got to hang with him and then obviously he's just an amazing person to you know connect and uh, there's so much to learn every day even recently he came out with an album called stories with tom kennedy and if you hear that mix it's like how can you do that how can you play something like this it's 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 incredible so yeah he's been one of my biggest biggest heroes for me as as a band it was really super tight i loved the drum sound uh but uh, then it took me some time to start kind of uh, i have a habit of breaking down tracks you know if i like a particular track i just don't keep listening to it i like to break it down so that i kind of know okay this is a specific fill that he played here or this is the groove this is the dynamics that he has between his his cymbal and uh, you know and his snare drum and kick drum and stuff like that so i kind of uh break down these tracks and that's when i started to understand man that this guy is just just amazing he's just a master and uh and i'm i'm sure over the years the you know you keep just hearing all these albums and it's just getting keeps getting better and better and better it's just amazing how he works and and it's just effortless that's the the best thing that i love about dave is that it feels like it's just it's just so easy <laughs> i know but it's not but he just <laughs> makes it look so easy and so effortless that you feel like oh you know maybe you can try and do it but when you try to do it, it it it's obviously difficult but it's just about the the amount of hours of practice and the kind of experience that he has over the years that he he just makes it look so easy absolutely um all right so num- number 2 and we will get back to dave in a second but i did want to continue to go in the order you sent him to me so a specific groove that completely changed the way you feel about drums or think about drums and again you did mention him and maybe this was one of the records you were you were given but it's uh, it's billy cobham yes so again uh, you know billy uh, billy's drum sound when i heard uh, spectrum uh, was incredible like you know uh, right on your face you know those open uh, the kick drum double bass drums and you know the toms the big toms and uh specifically his his snare sound was like super super tight and crisp and all those ghost notes you could hear so well uh and uh, there was just something very uh, you know as, as i was showing you that groove that that, that i really love in 7 yeah that's it's one of my finest uh, you know uh, favorite grooves that i love about him and uh, and then again he came to india b- back in i think about 2007 or 2008 and i got to hang with him and uh, so i like to tell you this like i've been very lucky with hanging out with drummers here in india because uh, um if you know ustad zakir husain unfortunately he, i don't he, so he's one of the greatest tabla players uh, that the planet has ever seen okay. and he's there in san francisco and he's played with uh, uh, mickey hart and uh, oh. chick corea and herbie hancock and everyone out there so he's one of the greatest tabla players ever and uh, 
So he he used to do this these concerts out here for his father's uh, uh, bursi, which is uh, his death anniversary. That he he used to do these concerts on every third of February, and he used to invite one of these drummers from from uh, from America or London or you know. So all these guys had uh, come uh, you know to visit uh, and pay you know like a tribute to his father, and they used to perform uh, on that day. Uh, and I used to be uh, uh, like I used to handle uh, all these drummers when they used to come to India. So uh, Zakir Rusan used to tell me that okay, these guys are going to be here, and you just make sure that they are comfortable, and you know they get everything that they want. So thanks to him, I got to hang with like Steve Smith, Antonio Sanchez, Billy Cobham, Terry Bozio, uh, Simon Phillips, uh, you know Eric Harland. Um, so yeah, and so that's why I was I, I was kind of blessed, you know. By the age of 20, I got to start meeting these drummers every year. There was one drummer used to come to India, and I got to hang with them for a couple of days. So, so Billy Cobham again, uh, it was one of my dream comes true where I got to hang with him for a couple of days, and uh, and yeah, I spoke about all his albums and all the all the kind of stuff that he's you know he's been doing and. And he's such a big, big inspiration because again, he was one of the drummers who also understood that whole uh, that whole fusion thing. I think he was the one of the, the the earlier drummers who started and started collaborating with you know John McLaughlin and uh, you know just just that the fire that was there you know in that uh, in the way he played was just just amazing you know and uh, all his fills and uh, uh, and as I said the the snare drum work was incredible. So. Yeah. Well, let's just play a little bit of that. Uh, this is a yeah. Spectrum by Billy Cobham. Album has such a distinct cymbal sound too. Whenever I hear it, it's like, oh, it's that album. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question, and I was surprised when I asked Adam Deitch from Lettuce. He didn't really understand what I was saying, and it's something that I definitely grapple with. Do you ever, referring back to all these times you've met these heroes, because basically in the last four or five minutes, you've mentioned all the great drummers that are still alive today that you've gotten to meet. Do you ever deal with imposter syndrome? Like, how do you how do you navigate being able to just hang with them as a peer after you've looked up to them so long? Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a, obviously, firstly, it's very overwhelming uh, because, you know, as I as you as I said earlier, you know, I've always seen these guys on either the modern drama magazine or. Uh, you know, either I've bought DVDs and, you know, and obviously YouTube came in later. So, yeah, it's a little overwhelming, but it's also I feel for me uh, as a drummer here in, in, in India, because we, as I said, we don't get to, we were not uh, exposed to uh, these people out here that often. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is like a, a, a very, very big opportunity where I'm I'm able to hang with some of the finest drummers that have, you know, been here on this planet and, and then, obviously, I also don't want to like just put 
all the questions at one time. Um, but I, I just try to do it in a, in a little smart way, wherein uh, I don't. Uh, I also give them that space, and you know, I know that you know they have so many fans and so many people always asking them hundreds of things. But uh, I just try to make them comfortable first, and then you know, whenever I feel that okay, now is a good time, maybe then I, I'll just you know shoot down that that question. But otherwise, uh, it is a little overwhelming, but. Uh, I also don't want to lose the opportunity because you know he's here, he's sitting in my car next to me, and uh, so yeah, it just you just need to give them that space, but also um, you know I, I I wanted to ask them those questions, so you just need to find the right time and the right way to do it. And as your career progresses, I'm sure many of them have heard of you prior to even meeting you. So I guess it gets easier if they're like, oh no, Darshan, yeah, you're an amazing drummer. Let's hang. You know, it's not like you have to prove yourself in conversation first. I would assume. Yeah, that like that happened with Aaron Spears recently because you know he came for the the Zildjian Day uh, clinic here in Mumbai uh, just before the pandemic again in 2019, and uh, so it was so, so I mean, like I really again such a big big fan of Aaron and you know you've seen all those videos and now you know he's you know we are on the same stage I'm opening for him and. Uh, so it's it's a great uh, you know it's a it's a great uh, experience and 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 especially I've always seen that these dramas are, are so sweet man like I just uh, for especially Aaron you know he's such a sweet guy and you know he shared his number and you know today till now we are in touch with you know I keep you know messaging him you know every time I see him with Ariana or you know I got to see them live in Toronto so yeah it's it's really cool to like you know uh, finally be able to you know uh, kind of really connect with these dramas. And anytime that you have any queries, you know, they are more than happy and very sweet to kind of, you know, share that with you. Number three, your favorite Phil choice moment from a certain record. And you you chose one of my favorites. I love his first name, Benny Greb. And the song is Grebfruit. And you said it's basically the solo post 3.30. So let me just yes. go ahead and play a little bit of that. And then we can we can talk about it afterwards. Because I, I, I don't actually know if I've heard this specific solo from... From Benny. This is not fair. This is like you can't <laughs> oh, yeah. do this. <laughs> you can't play like this. Like, yeah, it's it's. There's something about this guy, man, and he's he's such a such an amazing guy, such a funny guy. Again, uh, and uh, I think these fills that he does, especially with like a uh, you know starting off with the double uh, like a double kick, and then he does those flams and like really laid back flams and. Um, he also has this whole habit of slightly, you know, uh, pulling those those fills. You know, maybe if you play right on time, it might not sound that uh, good. But he just has that habit of really, uh, you know, uh, really pulling it back. And and especially his flow tom, man. I don't know. It's every time I hear him play that flow tom, it's 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 um it's crazy. And and I've heard him live, uh, you know, during the drum fantasy camp uh, in Chicago and. 
Man, that float on really sounds amazing. He just has something very, some kind of a special tuning for that. Yeah, you can hear him smiling too. <laughs> it's just, he always, I've never been in a, in a, in a bad mood, listened to Benny, and then remained in that same state. Yes, he just has a, a very, very positive energy about him as a person, and, mm -hmm. that, and that will surely reflect on your music as well. And he, he's one of the people that he really, really enjoys playing, and everything that he does is like, it's it's so accurate and like the timing and the you know the clarity the speed everything is there and 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 the fun is that you know every time you see him soloing as well like you know it's not uh, I feel it's everything is just coming on during that time nothing is planned as such but he's just going on that moment and trying to have fun with with his instrument and that's what you can see you know and yeah. Well, it was also cool, uh, it kind of says something about him as a person, and I, the same thing was with Paul McCartney when I saw him live, um, but I'm referencing Benny, it was the 2020 Drumeo camp, and maybe you've yes. seen the video where he basically, I don't, I'll just say it, he, he like messes up two times at the beginning of the song, and he stops it, <laughs> he stops his band, and he like points at himself, he's like, I messed up, just so you guys know, that was me, and then he starts like another time, messes up, and then he's laughing, but there could be someone who to get to the level that Benny's at, you have to have that level of discipline. Some other drummers True. might be like in such a bad mood after that, you know, but he's just laughing. And the same thing happened with Paul McCartney. When I saw him live, he was playing um, the song something and it was like yes. out of tune or something. And this, I saw him at, yeah, they call it old cella, but it's uh, it was desert trip. There's like 60,000 people there. And he like stops. And he's like, this guitar sounds like crap, huh? Let's get another guitar. And he just starts it over again. And for a performer that again, to get to that level, wow. you have to be kind of neurotic in, in a way, but to still not take yourself seriously. It just made me fall in love with Benny so much more because we could all true, use a little bit true. of that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it is. Like, you know, I think that's what proves that, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but it's just that how you turn that into and make it like really fun that's what it is i think even on on gigs sometimes you know uh when we do mistakes it's it's about what you play after that is what it is exactly so i think and that's what you know benny is all about man he's just an amazing guy and that's what you can see in his music that's great that's great all right number four a performance which you either played or witnessed, and in this case, you witnessed it, that altered your musical course. And you said, Dennis Chambers, live at Zildjian Day, Bombay, 1996, which, was that a YouTube video, or, you, or, or did you actually go there that day? No, so I was, uh, I was lucky enough to just get the ticket at the last minute, uh, because, uh, you know, one of my uh, uncles, he was kind of part of the organizing committee there, and uh, I was about, I think, maybe 12 12 or 13 years old uh, and uh, and it was just I've never seen drums played like that and I was like man what is this like the speed was insane and I still remember that one uh, one fill that he played with just he just took his left hand kept it at the, right, at the back and he just took right hand and like yep and that's <laughs> yep how Dennis of him and, <laughs> and man I was like what is this and yeah, so that's one gig which, as I said, completely you know changed the my approach to drumming, um, especially hearing him play double bass back then. Uh, you know, seeing him do those do those sweeps between the snare and the floor tom, uh, all the fills that he played, the groove. Uh, it was just just amazing, and and that's from there. Like I became a, a very very big Dennis Chambers fan and started hearing to all his music, and. Um, 
I think uh, there was one one of his albums that I remember that really uh, made me like a, even a, a, a massive bigger fan was I think Nasin. If you have heard with Billy Sheehan mm-hmm. on the bass, it's like a trio uh, trio with Dennis. Okay. And you you should surely check that out. The band is called Nasin. Obviously, they're not uh, doing much anymore. But uh, there's one of the club concerts which is uh, kind of there on YouTube, and there was a DVD of that as well. So. That was like just insane. Like it was, it was crazy to to see like a trio playing uh, with so much power and so much uh, uh, such amazing, uh, incredible music. So that is one of my finest, uh, you know, uh, albums that I like about Dennis. And and yeah, he's been again a big, big uh, uh, like a, a follow that I kind of really follow him for a while now. Um, have you ever gotten a chance to meet him? Has he come to India and, and done clinics and stuff that you've been able to interact with him personally? Not much. Actually, I just I, I got to briefly meet him once in Washington at a club where he came to see Dave Weckl play. And uh, I, I was there, obviously, to see Weckl. And then I realized that, okay, there's Mr. Chambers uh, standing right next to me having a beer. Oh, my God. So I'm like, okay, that's that's <laughs> crazy. You have Weckl here and you have a Dennis Chambers. I was like, uh... wow. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I was as I said, I was fortunate to see him live for the Zildjian live event, which happened uh, just before Nam in in January 2020. And uh, you know, being a Zildjian in Dorsey, I was uh, I was very thankful for for Zildjian to ha- invite me there, and you know, for me to be a part of that, uh, just be in the crowd with some amazing drummers, you know, from uh, Ronald Bruner Jr. to Tony Royster to Cas Rodriguez. You know, all these cats, they were not performing, but they were still all there sitting around us. So it was uh, an experience, again, which I will, I, I think I'll really cherish for the, for, for the rest of my life. Because to see about 10 drummers playing in one day uh, with a band like Ghost Note, uh, you know, you just get two takes to play. And uh, it's just amazing to see so many different styles, you know, from an Ash Zone to Matt Griner to Sarah to Dennis Chambers, Gergo Borlai. And it's 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 amazing. So yeah, it's it's one of those days that I really will cherish for the rest of my life. Yeah, Sarah told a story of how she kind of didn't want to prepare because she likes to do a little more improv, or else she like you know has these ideas that she feels she forces on it if she spends too much time thinking about it. Yeah, it was also good to see Dennis back because I know he was he was um, you know bounced back health wise. So it was good to see him. That it didn't sound like he skipped a step. He was just as good as he always was absolutely like bang on like two takes and that's about it and and there was a very special moment you know wherein after the after the thing was over he he pointed out at gergo borlai and he's like this guy he you know this guy yeah you you just come here <laughs> and he called him and he blessed him and he, he was very very like you know uh, like uh, you know very very kind of how do you say like uh, like a special blessing that he got from from dennis you know and that was a very very really nice moment which happened wow yeah, it's like when yeah. Johnny Carson would call the comedian over to sit next to him. It was like, oh, that's a big deal. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, so number five, um, the sound of a particular record that helped mold your tuning style. And you said Dave Weckl, and the album is Synergy. Yes. So as I said earlier, you know, uh, uh, there was just something special about his tuning and the way, uh, you know, everything just sounds so perfectly right in the mix. Uh, and then obviously later on, uh, as I said, I got to hang with him in, in 2015 and I asked him all these questions and then I got to know, he gave us a chart, uh, basically uh, like a tuning chart, uh, 
where he kind of goes through like uh, basically there is a difference of, of of a minor third between the top head and the bottom head so that's what he he does for the toms uh and then obviously got to know more about his um, his signature snare drums where there are two locks the, the, there are two springs in that and you know there's a little muffler which is kind of uh like the old school way where it's below the head where you can you know adjust that and stuff like that so a lot of things i got to know later uh, you know in 2015 when i got to meet him and uh, yeah that's you know as as i said till now his albums completely like you know blows me off and uh just specifically the drum sound there is something like something really really special about it and uh later on i came to also came to know that he mixes his uh his own drum sounds by himself most of the time of course so <laughs> so that's when i you know started also kind of you know spending some time uh, working on my sound you know i have my own studio the click here in mumbai uh you know i started putting different kind of heads and you know trying to just see what works according to that specific room and um, obviously i try to follow his chart and uh, but yeah it's it's something uh, as i said you know i i keep uh, tuning is something that you have to keep doing it again and again uh it's something that you uh, you can't just learn by just a chart or something sometimes it might work according to the chart sometimes it doesn't so it's it's more for me it's more about your your tuning like you know i'm used to a specific way that i want my my toms and stuff to sound so it's just something that you have to keep doing it more and more and the more you do the more better you get every day on that so yeah so but yeah vekal has been uh, again a big big influence when it comes to my drum sound is there a specific song of synergy that i should play anything from anything? that album is, is yeah i'm is, trying to think is, which is bang on. what's the what's the most fun uh title um how about wet skin that sounds fun <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that sounds fun uh but yeah let's just go wet uh, wet skin off synergy by the dave weckel band Oh yeah. That snare, man. It's just enough perfect. snap, but it gets out of the way. Exactly. I mean those drum takes yeah. are perfect. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, it's just I just love his snare tuning man. It's it's just perfect as you said it's it's got the right amount of ring which is there but it's also the spring is there and that fatness is there. Uh, you know the attack is there so it's it's just one of the the best uh, sounding snare to me like it just fits in so well with the music that he does. Yeah. Well, I was I'm happy to have taken this journey down what makes Darshan Darshan because it's uh it is you're an incredible drummer. Uh every time I watch your videos, uh it blows me away, man. And um I'm so happy to have you part of the Big Fat family and it's uh hope to see you again soon. But is there anything you'd like to that you're working on right now that you'd want to promote? This is your opportunity. I I'd, I'd, I'd love to 
you know yes uh, so obviously i've been you know as i said you know firstly a big thank you to big fat nedram you know i've been using all your products i keep you know i you know tagging you guys sorry for all the uh, <laughs> amount of tags i do but uh, yeah i apologize. just love you know the uh, <laughs> i just love everything that you guys make and you know i i keep uh, using them even today as i said i had the session and i used the the original big fat on my uh, snedram and the producer was like ooh that snedram sounds great i said yes that's the big fat <laughs> snedram which does the the trick but uh, yes you know again you know best wishes to you guys with kind of the stuff that you keep coming every year um and uh, yes i hope to see you guys at i think i i think they've announced on june or something which yep. you know there there might be the nam happening this year yeah so i might drop in uh, i also have a tour coming in in august which is is going to be in america which is going to be like a nine city tour with a bollywood uh, band so yeah hopefully if you know you are around you know i i i would love to invite you for a bollywood gig for you to experience you know the indian music i'm assuming you'll you'll come to los angeles yes absolutely yeah, yeah. Oh, dude i'm there if i'm in town i'm there 100% yes 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 so yeah that's uh, going to be in 22 or in 2022 august uh, but i'm very excited about my trio actually recently i did a five city tour here in india uh which is the darshan doshi trio which fe- features rhythm show on guitars and avishek day on bass and we are putting out a live album from the from the five city i'm going to f- pick uh, the the seven really uh, you know the good tracks that we've performed and uh, i'll be coming out with an album in december so that's something that you know i would want all our listeners and everybody who's listening to us to kind of check it out and obviously you guys can follow me on on the youtube page darshan doshi official and check out all the stuff that i've done uh, you know um none of it all these mu- amazing musicians here in india and abroad and yeah just do follow me on instagram at @darshandoshiofficial and uh, once again thank you ben for having me and it was a really really a pleasure to be here and talk to you and discuss all all these amazing dramas dude honor was all mine man i'm happy we got to catch up a little bit cuz it's been a while so um i know it's late where you are so i appreciate i appreciate you making time for this uh it really means a lot thank you thank you brother cheers And that's the show. Be sure to subscribe and if you're listening on a platform that allows for ratings or reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, which means the show will get better and bigger and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day, but you'd be an OG listener that could brag to all your friends. Um anyways, also why don't you go ahead and check out bigfatsnerdrum.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the socials. Just search for @bigfatsnerdrum and you will find it. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX8 audio editor. It's amazing. So go check that out at isotope.com. Bye.